dictate. Never follow orders, get face, get your shit straight. Fuck all this is big J. Ha. Uh. <laughs> Will not lose ever. Fuck up. Yeah, that's basically it. What'd you think? Dude, I'm with it. So uh is that don't tell me. That sounds like if that's a brand new song, that sounds like it's old that one's old. Yeah, that sounds like it's Jay Z from like I don't know, like two thousand and three. Pretty close. Uh what was it? Uh, so that's off his Blueprint One album that came out in two thousand one. Oh man, that was close. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I, I can tell you is uh, like that that kind of style uh, music is uh, you know back in high school if we were going out to the party if it wasn't Lil Wayne it was Jay Z you know and and that was that was the pregame mm-hmm. and so the, and it still translate to today. Like I could, I could totally see us. You know, we're we're leaving out of Foley, uh, headed down to uh, Gulf Shores, going down to a brewery to have a few beers, and like that's what you put on, right? You know, as we're headed out, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was really what hip hop was uh, for. I, I think like Sid and some of the guys, they probably listened to a whole lot more hip hop than I did, but I listened to it when I was with them. But mm-hmm. oh, I'm for that. Yeah, that's that's all I grew up on, and like, just like that song, like that's one of my favorite out. Like Jay Z, even when I was in like middle school and high school, like I would listen to him, and that was more for like the older crowd. Like uh, my older cousin listened to him all the time, and that's why I became such a huge fan. And um, I even became more of a fan when uh, a local radio station back home they uh, they held a concert. It was a uh, Monster Jam, I think. I was in uh, seventh grade, and <laughs> Little Wayne was the co-headliner and Jay-Z was the headliner. And um oh, yeah. And Little Wayne came out or I don't even remember who was before him because I was so excited to see Little Wayne and Jay-Z. It's huge. And um like when they change their sets or whatever, like they'll bring out their own like DJ like little booth thing on wheels, they'll cart it out. Excuse me. And um so they're wheeling him out and like everyone's like ready for Little Wayne to come on. And the DJ just starts kind of, you know, playing like just random songs, waiting for him. And like 20, 15 minutes go by, 10, 15 minutes. And we're like, what the fuck? 20 <laughs> minutes go by and everyone's chanting, we come? want Wheezy. And then, you know, clapping and whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, never came on stage. They wheel him off. And then like, uh, so when Jay-Z, I love watching Jay-Z concerts because he, he comes out with a full orchestra, fucking strings, trumpet, you know, horns, fucking brass, all that stuff. It's unbelievable. Full drum set, guitar sometimes. And um, mm-hmm. so then his people walk out and we're like, what the fuck? He tore the house down. He started playing songs like he did his full set. And then towards the end of the set, he played, um, uh, you know, the song, Mr. Carter. Hey, Mr. Carter, where have you been? And uh, oh, yeah. like everyone was going crazy because like, oh, my God, little Wayne's going to come out. Nope, nope. Did, didn't come out. So that was like one of his last songs, and we there was still like an hour left or something, and he just started. He went over to the uh, the laptop and was just playing random songs, and like he'd click one and then he'd perform, then he'd click it and perform. Come to find out, Little Wayne, how he does it, he leaves his tour bus, walks on stage, performs, walks back to his tour bus, and he leaves, and um. He didn't want to go through security and Boston, like uh, the garden was like, no, dude, you got to go through security. And he was like, nope, I'm not doing it. Um, I think the story was way back when, like, I think one of his boys got shot on stage performing or something like that. So he wanted to, like, bring a gun with him on stage. I mean, that was a rumor. I don't remember um, what it exactly like, like what the actual cause was. And ever since that happened and Jay-Z just tore the house down, I just became even a bigger fan. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I remember this was a little bit before my time. The uh, there was a club in Columbus. It was called Big Kahuna's. It shut down in two thousand eight, but it was around that period of time where you know Three Six Mafia, uh, Jay Z, Lil Wayne, all those guys. I mean, they were kings of the club. And mm-hmm. 
I was recently on the the Man Up podcast. We talked about that a little bit, but like playing like that style of hip hop, like gangster rap, mm-hmm. huge mistake because I mean it's gonna cause it's it's gonna cause violence. You know, I mean people like tear the club up. Uh, that's if you ask for it, that's what they're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, man, I've. Like that style of hip hop is something that uh, I, I definitely relate to. I'm uh, I think we we've begun to move away from what they called mumbling rap, haven't we? Are they finally getting away from that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I I tend to stay away from it. Like um, like Migos are kind of like that, but like some of their songs I'll listen to that I like. Um, but I just like the classic, just rat like kendrick lamar j cole um even uh kanye like kanye's albums that he's put out are really good even like his newer stuff it's so different but it's still really fucking good music i had a roommate when i was living down in mobile he was a huge kanye fan and for whatever reason at the time like i liked anything that kanye put his hands on when it came to him being the producer Mm -hmm. but I didn't like him as an artist. And after I was, you know, living with this guy and riding in the same vehicle and he was just playing uh, Kanye after Kanye, like uh, my favorite album of his was the one with, um, I think, Gold Digger. That ended up being my favorite uh, Kanye mm-hmm. album. It was the, the Red album. Yep. Yeah, I think, um, or no, I think Gold Digger was on graduation, I think. But, um, yeah, I think his, what was it? I have to look for my own sanity. Um, but I, I think, yeah, his, the red album that you were talking about, that's called, uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah. That's, 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 that's his, that's a top five album of all time for me. Like, yeah, I can listen to that from the first song to the last song continuously. It's, it's perfection. It, it took me a long time to appreciate Kanye for what he was doing because, uh, at that time, like, he was he was just in a he was a, a different total vein like he was an absolute artist mm-hmm. and uh it took me a long time to be able to appreciate that like i could appreciate like uh kid cuddy's man on the moon uh one and two mm-hmm. uh, and then i was a huge uh outcast fan and those were probably my two favorite uh, artists in that genre for a long time and now it's more like kendrick lamar i like childish gambino um uh, you know, modern rap. I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit lost, and it, it seems like the the more uh, hip hop evolves, the cuter the names of the rappers get. Like <laughs> Lil Baby and yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that that is true. I um yeah, some of the new rap rappers like I, what's yeah, uh, Lil Baby is like one of the newer, like the biggest of the new like generation yeah, or whatever. Um. And I don't like, like, I can listen to his songs. I don't mind it. I like when he's featured on a song and he spits like a verse or two, but like a whole song. I don't know. Something with his voice or something. I don't know. It's just can't do it. Or like if he does the chorus of a song or something like that, then it's like, okay, I, you know, I can get with it. But, um, but if with the newer stuff, uh, DJ Khaled dropped an album, I was going to play that song for you. And then, I was like, maybe that's not good for people because it's an eight-minute song, and so much. Yeah, <laughs> and Jay Z has a a four-minute verse on it, and it's probably the best best verse that's been dropped in the past five years, maybe. Uh, it's unbelievable. Like, I I can send it to you like after this. Yeah, um, that's a long time just, to be four-minute verse. A four-minute verse. Yeah, it's unbelievable, and like. Obviously, you know how DJ Khaled is like on social media. He's like all oh, extravagant and this and that. He was saying like, oh, the Jay-Z verse, the Jay-Z verse. And everyone was like, all right, is he really hyping it up? And then when this finally dropped, everyone was like, no, he was telling the truth. But it's a very good album. He sampled, um, you know, the uh, the song Eddie Murphy, Party All the Time? Oh, yeah. From like the 70s or whatever. He samples that in one of his songs with the Migos and the beat. And it's just, it's very good. It's a very good album. That's one thing about hip hop that I've always really appreciated because like the, uh, the samples is like, it really throws back to like, like you said, maybe the seventies or, I mean, uh, did you ever mess with 
of it was a project called Girl Talk. Mm -mm. Yeah, so that would it's like a monster mash of so they would have like classic rock songs being sampled in the back, and it would take like fifteen to twenty second uh, iterations and maybe a verse or a chorus of like your favorite rapper from like the late nineties up to about the twenty teens. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, it got banned everywhere because you know it's like, e even though like he was, uh, I mean it was exactly the verse and exactly everything, but he would like drop, uh, drop the key down and like that was his way of getting around things. Oh, like like copyright stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, but that makes the, sense. But now, uh, girl talk, and it's just like some pasty white dude who's like really good on like a, you know, with the disc. Uh, yeah disc jockey but now he's working with like Wiz Khalifa and uh two or three other fairly prominent uh artists of the day no shit uh yeah I mean you, you may be into it or not like uh I, I couldn't really picture myself listening to it today but like early college days I mean it was something that would really get you hyped up yeah there's a um I see it a lot on on TikTok there's a there's a few guys who he'll post like the song that came out you know fairly recently then they'll take a song that like oh the 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 zoomers or you know the whatever the little bit of older generation knows from like the 80s or 90s and then he'll even throw it back to like the 40s or 50s 60s and like just they'll show the sample evolution like from original to like 2000 you know 19 2020 it's mm -hmm. really it's really cool how he does it and it's like okay okay yeah. i see that i see it put a little like respect on it yeah. Well, dude, are you ready to kick the show off? Hell yeah. There's a lot going on. Well, all right. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and we are returning uh, to the Cornerman to get you caught up, uh, not only on the MMA, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NFL, uh, college football, and today is a historic day because since I've been on this earth, there was Queen Elizabeth II, and today uh, she passed away. And uh, Twitter just went nuts, so I say we start out with that. <laughs> okay, so I think we've talked about before how Twitter can be so vile at times, and just it has its own it has its own comedy. Oh my god, it's so funny! People are so fast. Like, did I send you the one? Uh, it was if, if people haven't seen or, or they're not like WWE fans. Undertaker, obviously, huge name. Oh, he's yeah. laying in a he's laying in a casket, and Randy Orton or another wrestler wrestler standing over him, and he fucking he puts his hand on his throat and starts choking him. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. And that would be her response to Meghan Markle. <laughs> yeah, to Meghan Markle at her funeral. Oh my god! And then, like, I thought you said this this got deleted. Yeah, that got if deleted. It, if it'll, <laughs> if it's it'll like up, it's all blurry, but ah. Uh, anyway, uh, and I love it when a tweet goes up like that and immediately gets a crap oh load of backlash, and they're like, "Oh crap, delete!" But it's too late because everybody's it's already screenshotted. Oh my! I think at that point you have to leave it up because it's such a bad tweet, and like they don't mean for it, but it's so funny. Like if I mean, if people like if I don't know if you liked it or not on Twitter, but if they follow me or whatever, they can see it. But basically, it's a picture of the Queen, like superimposed, like in the sky, like Harambe style, and in front of her, it's all um, British or English athletes. That's um, right. And, like, there's a picture of Rory McIlroy missing a putt. And he's like this, like, aggravated at himself. And he's in the corner. It's just, you can't make it up, dude. Like, someone thought, really put time and effort into making that and was like, you know what? This is a good, like, show show of respect. No, that was such, so bad. Did you see the uh, the Happy Gilmore meme? Uh-uh, no. You remember the scene toward the end of the movie when the crocodile and... Oh, my God, yeah. Abe Lincoln and Chubbs. Yeah. Well, they got Queen Elizabeth up there with her dad. <laughs> I was like, no respect. Or um, Undertaker <laughs> throwing mankind off Hell in a Cell. 
And it was like, this is going to be Princess Diane at the pearly gates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> throwing mankind off the fucking <laughs> hell in a cell. <laughs> like, it's bad. Like, it's so bad. Like, obviously, it's not going to affect us as much as it will. Like, people in the UK, even the people, some people in the UK are just like, oh, it's just, you know, it's whatever. But, yeah, like, the- it's, uh, it's so funny. <laughs> just yeah. we can all collectively as a whole just, you know, make a joke out of it. Yeah, and it's it's it's, it's going to be so weird saying the King of England because like my whole life it's been the Queen of England. Right. Uh, did you see uh, some of the reports that were coming out? Like as she passed, there was a rainbow, and then there was a double rainbow all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that over and like the it, castle or whatever. And then you know a lot of people were taking it as well that that's her passing on from this world to the next or you know, whatever it is that they may believe. Of mm-hmm. uh, so I mean. What a day for the internet. Oh my, it was just nonstop. I was looking at my phone for probably two hours straight, just refreshing it, people sending me stuff, looking at it, sharing stuff. It was just, it's a great day for the internet. Hard day say, for Brits, but great day for the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, this is something that I'm constantly uh, relearning is like the military, uh, like, Adam Driver. We were recently watching an SNL sketch that he did, and uh, a lot of my buddies have served in like armed forces, and like that military humor mm-hmm. for things like that is. I, I'm just imagining like you and some of the guys you know that you're oh in the my forces god. with are just having a field day. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Like I have a very dark sense of humor. Like I can find humor in a lot of shit that's like fucked up or twisted or whatever, and it's just. Twitter's like the perfect place, like to <laughs> just for stupid shit like that. It's so funny, but yeah, that's a good point. I think, um, like the military sense of humor is way. It's oh, it's so it's yeah, it's, it's, it's very dark. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, cause my humor is pretty dark, but I get to hanging out with some of my friends that are just in the armed forces, and I was like, I can't believe you went there. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, oh, you want me to go a little darker? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you, I mean, obviously, especially if you spent any time, you know, on a tour, whether it was, you know, Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan, like uh, with everything that you see, I mean, you have to. I think humor is the only way to understand and not go insane with the current reality that you're under. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. You try to find the best of. The best that you're trying to make the best out of shitty situations. Yeah. And like you could be having the worst time of your life, but you just got to laugh at it at the end of the day. Cause it's like, why the fuck am I doing this? Or just why am I here? What, you know, it's just, yeah, you just got to laugh at it. So. Absolutely. So man, uh, I wanted to go, I think <laughs> segue from, uh, Queen Elizabeth second RIP, like, uh, any UK listeners out there is like, I mean, absolutely no offense. And, uh, you know, it's, this is just, uh, like Jared said, uh, it's just Twitter being Twitter. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you haven't went and seen some of these juicy memes and videos that people are creating, it'd be a good time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I did want to move on to the U.S. Open in tennis. Of, and, you know, arguably the greatest male tennis player in the world uh, wasn't even allowed to play because he did not get the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And about a week, maybe two weeks before, this is, uh, I'm going to screw up the name. Help me out. Djokovic? Yeah, Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Jo- Djokovic. So about a week and a half, two weeks before the U.S. Open, the CDC uh, came out and said that uh, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated are not to be treated any differently. Uh, you know, just with everything that we know now about the vaccines and even masks, it's like it, it really doesn't matter. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And so, but they still would not allow uh, Djokovic, Djokovic to uh, play. Uh, the funniest moment for the U.S. Open was I, I saw this live. I was sitting at a restaurant where the guy uh, hit himself in the nose with the racket. Did you yep, get Nadal? Yeah, that was Nadal. Yeah, yeah that was a uh, rough. Fuck that. It was so fast too because they were playing it in slow motion, and you're like, then they play it real time, and you just see him smoke the ball. And his momentum, and it just goes boom, boom. Then you know, double off the ground off his face, and you're like, "Holy shit!" 
Yo! Hey! What's up? Say something cool. I'll be out there in just a minute, dude. I'm doing a little podcast. Anyway. Oh, yeah. It's... And when I saw it, like, I saw it live, and then I didn't understand what had happened because, like, he was kind of slow to react to it, too. Mm-hmm. He would have... Uh, like you saw him kind of slow reaction, then he reached for his face, and then he just kind of laid down. Yeah, I didn't know what happened either. I was like, "What happened? Like, is he getting a cramp or something? Or like, did he throw his back out or what?" And then all of a sudden, you they you saw saw the blood from the bridge of his nose, and it was like, "What?" And they play, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And uh, I mean, it's, I guess Serena Williams is still very dominant in the female. Uh, I'm sure she'll probably pull that out if she hasn't already. No, no, uh, she lost, I think, um, oh, yeah, a, a few days ago. Yeah, the, she she lost, um, I, th- I want to say, like, the quarterfinal. She made the quarterfinal and lost, and it was, like, a big – they had a, so many A-listers in the stands watching because she was saying that, oh, you know, this is likely my last match. I don't think it will be, um, but I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, no, she didn't she, – uh, she wasn't able to pull it out. But the men's circuit, if I, if I could segue into the men's circuit real quick – yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. I am not a tennis guy at all. Never have been. I'll throw it on like the majors, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, uh, Australian Open, whatever. It's just because usually it's on – they time it right because usually it's on like when nothing else, no other sports are on. Yeah. Um, and at Wimbledon, which is like the British Open on the grass or whatever, one of the guys, um, he played jo- uh, Djokovic in the finals, uh, Nick Kyrgios. He's an Aussie. He is an absolute electric factory. He's a nutcase, like, like a modern day um, who, Johnny McEnroe, like a modern yeah, day Johnny, Johnny McEnroe. McEnroe. <laughs> he's like, he like he he was in a doubles match and he got a point and he started like humping the air, like it's just like he did that and he'll he'll yell at like the crowd for like you know talking shit or whatever and he's just <laughs> he he's a character. Uh, he ended up losing uh, the other night. And I was watching that match. Um, but th- on the other side of the tournament from him, uh, there's a feller uh, who's making the news. Uh, what's his name? His name's Francis. What? I just had it up. Come on. Yeah, Fr- Francis T- uh, TFO. Um, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's the first American man to reach the semis of the tournament since Andy Roddick in 2016. And the first black American man to do since Arthur Ashe in 1972, which Arthur Ashe is the the name of the fucking stadium they're playing in New York. Yeah. Um, but not only that, but uh, his parents immigrated over here. Uh, I want to. I don't have it on here. They immigrated over here from Sierra Leone, um, leaving the country during its civil war in the 1990s. Um, and his dad got a job at like a local you know, big tennis gym or like warehouse or whatever with tennis courts uh, as like a janitor. And his son, you know, Francis was able to like play and practice, you know, during, uh, during his dad's shifts or after his dad's shifts. Um, And now he's a fucking, you know, a professional tennis player ranked. I think he's like ranked 23rd or 24th or something like that. Impressive. Uh, He's very good. It's just, it's like I just sports tell a beautiful story, and that's why like I'm such a fan of it. And like whenever stuff like this comes about, like you just you got to root for them, you know. Yeah, I love that stuff. Anything else to do with the U.S. Open? Because like you said, it's like I'll I'll watch it if I'm you know when it's on. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have any idea really what's going on without the commentators helping me out? I yeah, <laughs> I don't either. And I, I was like, it's it's impressive to me that like, you know, it's you know, it's like a bigger version of ping pong, and I couldn't imagine like sitting down <laughs> and trying to trying to do like commentary on ping. Oh, we got some good f- topspin on the serve here. <laughs> what is he? What is he gonna do with this? Oh, he comes back with a backhand. Mm-hmm. Oh, he reverses the spin. It looks like it's just floating in the air. Oh, um, it's on the corner of the table. Yesterday, yesterday that guy uh, TFO he won uh, versus a, I don't know a, a Russian guy or whoever uh, in three straight sets. So it's like 
you know, three matches in a row or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, he beat, this is arguably one of the biggest biggest names in the sport. Everyone should know him, Raf, uh, Rafael Nadal. Oh, yeah. And that's like a huge upset. Uh, 23rd or 24th ranked American versus fucking Rafa. Um, that was last week or a few days ago. That was on the 5th, um, which was a huge upset, which basically, you know, slingshotted him into, you know, American you know, social media being like, who is this guy, whatever. And everyone finds out and it's like, okay, you know, that's someone we can get behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and that's another thing about sports that used to do this. It doesn't seem like it does it so much today, but when you think about, uh, I mean, I go back to, uh, boxing with, uh, Oh my God, I am blanking on his name, but he would go, uh, this was back during, uh, when we were fighting Nazis, uh, Lewis, uh, God dog. Anyway, uh, you know, he was an African American American who was representing the United States in the Olympics. And at this time, Hitler said that uh, there was not another race on this earth that could beat an Aryan at boxing. Joe Lewis. That's right. Joe, Joe Lewis was his name. And, uh, you know, Joe Lewis just completely destroyed him. And that was something that the entire country got behind. And it really united us. Uh, you know, not only it was we were united on the world stage. Like, look, can you believe that Joe Lewis? I mean, like he just took down that Nazi, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I that's mean, also like uh, Jesse Lewis, like um, in, in track and field. Like, I think I think that was even uh, the Olympics in Berlin. And it was, it was 1936. Yeah, 1936. I don't know where the uh, where it was. Like, I'm sure I can Google it real quick. 1936 Olympics. But um, I think Hitler was there, and he was he was like you said, he was saying all that stuff. And Jesse Lewis, fucking yeah, it was the Summer Olympics in Berlin, and that was like you know obviously right before World War II popped off. But yeah, you know Nazi party or whatever was you know. At their prime, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, they were about to take. They were yeah. about to pop shit up, pop, pop shit off. That's right. Uh, and I guess that's a pretty smooth segue. Of I'd like to get over to the UFC. Of uh, man, and well, just before that, to stay in boxing, we have uh, Jake Paul mm-hmm. versus Anderson Silva, and it was. Uh, it was interesting seeing what Dana White had to say about it because, like, Dana White is not paying uh, the Paul brothers any attention. But he was like, he saw this and he was like, if this is real, he finally got him a real fight. Yep. Uh, and I don't know if it'll be, you know, the same equivalent as the la- last Jake Paul. There was some controversy to where he dropped his hand and then next thing you know, here was coming the uh, the KO. Yep. And so, you know, some people believe, well, it was a paid and bought fight. It wasn't real. And then other people was like, yeah, it was okay. Uh, no matter what side of the fence you're on, it's like, I don't think that, uh, I think Anderson Silva has too much pride uh, in the game to be bought like that. So hopefully uh, we'll really see what Jake Paul uh, is about because he, to, in my opinion, he's a lot more talented than Logan when it comes to boxing, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I, Anderson Silva is forty-seven years old, which is fucking, you know, that's old for any type of athlete, especially yeah. like combat sports. Um, but in two thousand, what was that? Yeah, two thousand twenty-one. So what, last year? He beat uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who's a real fucking boxer, um, like established, has a record of you know probably more than forty fights. Beat him, um, and then after that, that was uh, su- that was in what June of last year, and then in September of last year. Granted, it is Tito Ortiz, um, but he fought Tito Ortiz and knocked his ass out. Um, so obviously, you know, his hands are still there. He's decently fast. His defense looks looked on par. I think I watched that, uh, Cesar Chavez fight and he was doing the same, you know, that classic. Oh yeah. Spider. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, and he's not a pure boxer. I mean, he, 
he's more of like a like a kickboxer style, like a Israel Adesanya style, basically, like dynamic, I should say. But yeah, um, this is the you know probably the best person that Jake Paul has fought, um, which I, I'm happy to see. But I honestly won't believe it until they're in the ring and you hear the bell go off, ding ding. Um, I hope just someone pulls out or something fucking stupid happens. Someone gets hurt or hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't believe it until they're in the ring, but I am excited for it. Yeah. I mean, this is really the first fight that the Paul brothers have really put together that I'm actually interested in seeing because I mean, it's like you said, there's a lot of hype put on these Paul brothers and the fights and all the trash, uh, you know, they're talking and when you finally get in the ring, it's like. It almost doesn't. It, it doesn't even feel real. Mm-hmm. I, I think this fight will. Uh, it'll feel real if it goes through. Yeah, I hope so. I ho- I hope it does because that Ben Askren fight. He took a fight. He just he was in there. Excuse me. He was in there looking like me, so out of fucking shape. Back rolls and shit. He just got knocked out, and then Tyron Woodley. The first fight. It's just you could kind of tell like that Tyron wasn't like doing anything and then the second mm-hmm. fight and same shit like it's just you could kind of tell something's up or or whatever and he's just fighting old scrubs and yeah is anderson silva an old scrub in ufc or mma yeah but boxing is a little different so you know i mean he's still dynamic and fast and shit he's still anderson silva but at the end of the day yeah he's an old dude he's 47 years old you know that's right. And I mean, you know, back early MMA days when I was first getting into it, uh, it was, you know, it was Anderson Silva in that weight class just dominating. And like you had cats like one of my favorite fighters, uh, Dan Henderson. Uh, uh, you had uh, the Iceman and Tito Ortiz were on their way out of the door. Uh, mm-hmm. Couture was already out of the door. And uh, Silva was really the face of the UFC of during yeah, for a his, while dur- during his prime. Uh, and so it's it's just exciting to see him get back in in the ring, you know. Yep. Even though it's not the octagon. Uh, speaking of disrespect, uh, there's a meme, and I don't know if this is the official poster. I don't know what is wrong with these people, but uh, they they are uh, treating my boy Nate Diaz like he's like he's going to his funeral. And is it this weekend, September tenth? Yep, yep, yep. It's Saturday. It's this Saturday. Um, Nate Diaz is fighting uh, Hamzat Chemaev um, at one hundred seventy weight class, uh, five round fight. It's going to be the main event. Uh, it's a non title fight, mm. um, but it's just it's kind of weird. Like seeing Nate, uh, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, he, he's he's had a couple interviews with like Brett Okamoto or, or Ariel Hawani and all those guys, but he was saying like, um, you know, beat me. Um, people were asking him. That was one of the questions at the press conference was like, oh, have you found it difficult or what have you seen in his game and film and stuff like that? And he's like, I didn't even watch film. Like, yeah, like, you know, come beat me. Like, I'm not preparing any different, like, at all. I'm not watching film. I'm not doing anything in particular. So that's, I don't even think he's like, he wants it, you know. That sounds like a Diaz brother. Yeah. Um, he even said he was like, I didn't even want this guy. I wanted, I think he said Tony Ferguson and a few other guys. And they were like, oh, well, and I, you know, they... They made this fight, but it, but then I'm thinking it's like, well, if you didn't want the fight, you signed the fucking contract. Like, right? The power is in your literally literal hand. Like, don't fucking sign it if you don't want to fight the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I mean, I remember like working up to this card of, uh, and if it wasn't for this particular fight, you know, like you said, there's not a title on the line on this card, but somehow they they put together a pretty good card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, Props to them. Um, it's it's going to be a sad day for me when the Diaz brothers are gone because, man, I, I love going back on, like, YouTube or, you know, and catching those old highlights. Just how – I mean, they were warriors, you know, especially in their prime. Yeah. Yeah, he – Nate, it's, it's going to sound mean, but if CTE had a voice, it would sound like Nate Diaz. Like, he should have been stopping fighting fucking years ago. Like, it's – it's sad. You don't like seeing people like that because that's like legit brain damage. Um, I don't know. I think he should. He should have just stopped. But and and they're gonna give him this guy. Like Hamza Chimaev is a fucking animal, an absolute beast. He's an up and comer. I think he's like eleven and zero. Um, 
oh, and he boy. beat Gilbert Burns la, his last fight, which was an absolute brawl. And it's just it's it's almost like they want him. Yeah, like they're setting up his funeral. Like, look at that, Hamza Chimaev. He's so to win a hundred dollars to bet on Hamza, you have to put down one thousand one hundred and fifty dollars just to pocket a hundred. <laughs> And if you if you put a hundred dollars to win or for Nate Diaz just to win, you're gonna win seven fifty. So Hamza is a heavy, heavy favorite. Yeah. Um, and another guy, he's kind of older, like I said, Tony Ferguson's fighting. Uh he's the co main event. Kevin Holland is fighting in the fight right before that, who's a very entertaining fighter, uh, very boisterous, talks a lot of shit in the octagon coming out. Um and then the first fight on the car, Johnny Walker. Who, oh uh, yeah. Was what was a a big uh, prospect almost until he fucking dislocated his shoulder. He won by knockout, uh, and then they went to raise his hand at the end, and so he rose his hand and then he like collapsed and like wanted to do the worm, and his fucking shoulder dislocated in the octagon, and he was like, oh, and then he was started laying there, and they're like, you good? And he's like, I in Brazil or I mean uh, Portuguese. He was like, I dislocated my shoulder. Ever since then, it was like kind of downhill, but. And he's kind of riding that wave right now of, you know, discovering who he is as a fighter. But he's he's pretty exciting. So this card should be very interesting. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, 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 man. And it's man, uh, Tony Ferguson. I've been watching him fight for years. Uh, I've always really liked watching him fight, dude. That dude gets straight up bloody. Oh yeah, and he just doesn't quit. You know, mm-hmm. like his last fight was the first time we've ever seen him knocked out in a fight, which is a crazy fucking front kick. Um, but even before that, like he just. He'll get beat up and just he just won't won't stop. He's just he's a dog. He's got that dog in him, you know. Yeah. It's, so I'm sure like this this will have to be like one of Tony's last fights, surely. I think so. Yeah. I think he's very close to getting out the door. And I, I like uh, I like him doing commentating. Like uh, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like mates or you know, like you said with the brain damage thing. Like it's it's many beatings he's been a part of he still seems to be cognitively there yeah yeah that's a good point so uh man i wanted to spend a little time it's early in the season week one college football is gone i know we had a i would say like the pre-week but uh, everybody that uh people really wanted to see play ball played ball this past weekend and they're gonna roll back out this saturday uh but uh Man, if you had to pick four teams right now to go to the playoffs, who would those four teams be? Um, well, I'm going to rank them. So at number one, I, I would put Georgia. Okay. You know, won the national championship. They're coming back. And just for them to not be ranked as number one and, like, Alabama to be ranked ahead of them, like, that's, that's, that's disrespectful. It is, you know. And, like, obvious, like, yeah, they lost a lot of people on defense. Um. But just you got like you know you should just always have the, the returning champs, especially if it's a big school like that. Like if it was a one-off team, like I don't know Baylor or like Oklahoma State or something like that, then it's mm-hmm. like maybe I can get it. But you know George has been you know at the top for past ten years, maybe like maybe even longer. So uh, they're they're my number one team, uh, especially after that win against Oregon. Like they fucking blew them out of the water, and Oregon was supposed to be like. Oh, we have all these recruits and stuff we, this year. We got Bo Nix. <laughs> he he's so bad. He's so bad. Uh, What's crazy is like when he transferred, uh, you know, from Auburn to Oregon. I thought that was going to be a really good fit for him because of, I mean, Auburn and Oregon have a pretty similar uh, playbook when it comes to their offense. You know, they like to spread, and Bo Nix is, you know, for. What he is, he can he can move, uh, and he can get out of the pocket, and he can make things happen. And in the past, like a quarterback like that has really given, you know, uh, defensive-minded coaches like Saban or Kirby Smart a lot of trouble. I mean, I go back to Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Uh, uh, Cam Newton, he beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And it was it was literally they put the team on their back, and it's like, we're going to do this. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I always thought Bo Nix would have that kind of potential, but it's it's obviously not. No, no, no. I wouldn't even. He's no no shot. I think even 
with Georgia, like a lot of people were saying like, oh, well, you know, their quarterback situation isn't really the best. Like, dude, this kid went out there and won a fucking national championship last year. Yes, he did. Um, so, you know, you can't – don't doubt him. Yeah. And their defense looked good. They just – it was such a, a difference in level, like level of competition in, in that game. And what, Oregon was ranked 11th or something, right? It was 11th yeah. versus uh, two. Um, so I have Georgia at one. At two, I would put Bama just because they're, you know, there's no other reason other than they're fucking Alabama. Uh, they're always going to be there, especially with Nick Saban there. Their recruiting class is pretty good. Um, at three, you know, I would put Ohio State. Or do you want to go back to talking about Bama? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> what was crazy about right before this season kicked off, it was a press conference that Saban was in. And uh, he, he made the remark that last year was a building year. <laughs> yeah, buddy, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was that's funny. Uh, like, just say like, yeah, we lost a we lost to a very good college football. Like, we lost to a very good fucking team. You know, like it's just you can't call it a rebuilding. Like, they had so much talent, mm-hmm. and like we were talking about uh, yesterday, like they a lot of people got hurt. You know, yeah, a lot of their and- talent, like their skill positions, uh, wide receivers and shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and and I don't think it would have went any different because with and I believe like the way you have those two matched, that's going to be correct. And you'll probably see those teams head to head in Atlanta for the SEC championship. And I would say whoever wins that will probably go on to lose when it comes time to play the national title, because when you have two football teams that are that competitive, it is almost impossible to beat the same team twice. Yep. Yep, almost. You almost want to. I remember it was talk last year because well, they they played in the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. And for who was it? Was it Georgia? I th- yeah, I think it was Georgia. They were saying they were like, you almost want to lose this game mm-hmm. and then play in the uh, national. Because I think Bama snuck in at four, or not sneak in, but they, they got in at four, right, last year? So well, I no, were, I mean, they, they beat three. Georgia. No, they were three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they were saying for Georgia, it was like almost you want to lose that SEC championship game because, like you just said, to beat them twice is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. It would take something like you know injuries, stuff like that. Which, as as last season played out for Bama, uh, you know they like you said they were losing uh, receivers left and right uh, in the secondary and linebacker positions on defense. They were they were having injury problems and. That's that's the biggest thing that I want, man. Is like if if they could have a complete season to where nobody gets hurt, I don't see them. I'm, you know, they're gonna go all the way. Yeah. Of uh, I really liked. Of uh, it was the only game I've watched to almost completion was Ohio State Notre Dame. You had them at three. Yep. Yeah, I have Ohio State at three. Um, it was a very good game versus um, no versus Notre Dame, uh, but I think that's just the just the game that Ohio State needed to prove to the not only themselves but like to other people that they can win like a hard nosed you know fucking muddy gritty football game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them at three. Obviously, if they if they lose or if they don't win the Big Ten, then they're not going to get in. Um, Michigan is a threat to them in the Big Ten, but is Michigan going to be able to beat Ohio State again this year? Like, mm-hmm. I think the game's in Ohio, that game is in Ohio State too. So, and any anyone else in the Big Ten, like, there's no other threat. So it's just it's really them two. What Wisconsin yeah. at nineteen? Yeah. So the, the Michigan Ten, State. The big yeah. I mean, those are two. Uh, I mean, you could even throw in like. But like a Northwestern, sometimes it seems like gives somebody a lot of trouble, you know, down the way a little bit. But mm-hmm. I think you're, I think you're right. Like a, that's one thing that is iconic about Big Ten football is like, like you said, it's very gritty. It's and and you saw uh, just how Ohio State just totally outclassed Notre Dame when it came to fourth quarter. I mean, they just took off with the game. Yeah, it was a good game up until like you literally just said up until that fourth quarter because I think I caught it. Um, I like the second quarter. It was ten to seven. Notre Dame was winning. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yeah. And then um, I got home and I started watching the third quarter. Um, 
And I think Notre, uh, Ohio State scored to put it up 14 to 10. And then the fourth quarter, they just, you know, they went, they came away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had yeah. them at, uh, at number three and number four. I don't, I don't have a solid number four. Um, just because like every year, that's like the spot that a team, you know, gets in or even a, uh, a one loss team. Um, but if, Georgia and Alabama do make it. Another SEC team is not going to make it. So, like, Texas A&M is not going to make it. Um, who's another one? Florida is not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, re- I don't I – don't, USC maybe. Like, I don't – Clemson. Like, I don't think Clemson – Clemson's defense is very good, but their offense is so shit. It's unbelievable. Like, that game was so bad to watch. It was so hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm like you of uh, – when I was thinking about the number four, that was that was the toughest thing for me because I immediately went to the ACC and I was thinking about Clemson and I was like, not with the way week one turned out. No, and then, you know, a lot of people with these, you know, with the polls, everything that's coming out is like, who do you like? Who's the four? I see a lot of people saying USC. That very well could be the case. And mm-hmm. if I had if I had to pick right now, like that is absolutely the hardest. Because I mean, you could get another Cincinnati. You know, that could happen. Yeah, yeah, it very, yeah, it very well could. Um, I don't. And then they, and then they just get their heart trampled on by like an Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, you saw they expanded the college playoff, right? Or they're going to in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six to twelve teams. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about it or not, but I just I figured I'd have to bring it up because that's yeah. a very big let's topic. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Uh, um. I hate the playoffs. I wish it never was a thing. No, you gotta love it. You gotta but uh, but now that they're doing it, uh, I didn't think that four was enough. So I'm actually pro. Like this is more of an NFL style. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. so the four teams, the top four teams, are gonna have a bye the first yeah. week. Um, there's gonna be twelve teams, which everyone thought they're gonna go to eight, but I think they got ahead of the situation we're going to run to run into in another 15 years. Oh, let's move it to 16. So instead of making it eight, they were just like, let's do 12. Um, mm-hmm. It gives reason to those, you know, Tostitos bowls or fucking all state bowls and all these other random bowls that people sit out of. Like these kids are going to want to play now. And, you know, that's, that's, and that's, you know, with NILs and how the game of college football has changed, it made it to where if you weren't playing in the sugar bowl, or the orange, you know, these bigger bows, like you said, the playoff games, it's like, why would these seniors or juniors who are about to go, why would they play this game? Right. And like, you know, personally, as a fan or uh, as someone who has been a part of a team, that's disrespectful. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I see both sides of the ball. Like you said, like, if you're a diehard fan and you have a five-star, like, someone who's going to take that next next step and go pro and they don't play like I get it. Yeah. Don't put yourself at risk. Like fuck it. If you yeah. tear an ACL like you're fucking done. Like yeah. your draft stock's going to go down so far. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't blame them. You know, that's that's the way I look at it, but it like like you said if you're a diehard fan then it's like what the fuck, dude, you know? But college I don't think college football's like that anymore. I don't think co- kids are going f- far and few between that kids grow up, you know, going to all these Alabama games or going to all these Ohio state games. And then they go to that college and then like, you know, become a player like Bo Nix was one of them, right? It wasn't Bo Nix like in the stands when Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, and then he just hit the transfer portal. So even that's an example, like kids don't think like that anymore. That's true. Uh, and I, I really believe like one of my favorite Twitter followers on Twitter is a uh, three year letterman. Okay. You, f- you familiar with that guy? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I am. So I mean, like his whole thing is like uh, he'll get in, he'll get involved in politics. Like uh, he'll call uh, Ron DeSantis. He'll call him like Ronnie, <laughs> and uh, he'd be like, anytime like Ron DeSantis would tweet something, he'd be like, Ron, you should delete this. This this is absolute trash. <laughs> and and then like anyone you know, and he'll do it to like a Nancy Pelosi, or he'll do it to anybody. Like he's apolitical, but like he does that just to get people stirred up right yeah like uh when Nicki minaj came out with her latest uh music video he was like 
uh, Nikki, there are kids on this site. Would you please, <laughs> would you please delete this video? And so the the fans started coming at him, and then fans of the three year Letterman started, oh, you did not want this smoke, and like his <laughs> and his big thing was like, you know, uh, he he lives up the the aspect of his his greatest days was back when he was a Letterman. And, you know, uh, he, he didn't have to finance the Ford Taurus. He was able to pay it off in full. And uh, he didn't have to make payments on his waterbed. And he recently wrote a book. And I'm going to get it just because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> and it, it's talking about all those things. And it, it's all mythological. But, like, he, he does make good points <laughs> when he when he's talking about being a coach of a peewee. Uh, he's head coach of a peewee squad. <laughs> And like he he does make good points about like the competitive spirit that I believe isn't really being taught uh, like it was when I was coming up playing. Mm-hmm. It's it, it is a bit of a different game, and I don't think you know going back to the Bo Nix example, and I don't want to just keep throwing shade at Bo, but uh, you know if you grew up in that stadium watching Cam Newton, and then dude, you you are in that position and this is your team and you are the captain. I was like, you have waited your whole life for this moment. Yeah, you couldn't write and, a book better than that. You couldn't write a storyline yeah. better. Yeah. And you just said, I don't want to go here. Like, uh, it's, Yeah, I don't think people are going to have the passion like they once did. People are evolving. But I think, yeah, that, like, you know, to go back to the four rankings, that four spot is going to be, you know, talked about, you know, till what, January? So, That's right, and then and then there'll be controversy, you know. Mm-hmm. And be like, you're putting two SEC schools in again. Like, this is why we have to go to twelve teams. And I was like, it's always going to be that way. Yeah, and then you know when you get twelve teams, one through four is going to get a buy, and you're going to have these games that were just just like Georgia versus Oregon. Like, you're going to have these blowouts. Like, yep, you might have a team that like wins one and it's like oh my god cinderella like is it gonna happen and no it's not because i guess what they gotta play again yeah it's not like basketball where a team can just get hot and like there's just it's a totally different sport like so if people want to make that oh well march man is like no football is so fucking different that's doesn't right. work like that last thing that I, I wanted to cover before we get off the the, the line here is uh <laughs> what's up danny 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 come here Come here, Mama. But uh, is is the NFL and like this is even crazier to call? But of uh, because I mean they really haven't really come out and we haven't seen a whole lot. They've played what they've we've had two weeks of NFL now. Um, I think yeah, three or yeah, three weeks of preseason. So the yeah. first game is tonight. And they're it's not be the Rams and they, versus and they the Bills. They didn't show anything. Of course, they didn't show anything in preseason. Like I remember, uh, I was over at a buddy's house. And uh, his wife was looking at the TV and, like, her, their team was losing. And she's like, what the hell? And I was like, look who's on the field. Yeah. And she, and People she, like, fighting to make the team. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, your starting quarterback ain't even there. You know? He's over there drinking Gatorade on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Like, this. Yeah, this, he's in shorts this, and a sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. This is not for real. So it's really hard to call the NFL. Uh, but one thing um, you and I, and hopefully we can get a couple buddies wrangled into it, is like I want to see Tom Brady play this season. Like that is a bucket list thing for me. Uh, I liked him when he was at the Patriots. Uh, I like him now that he's at Tampa. Uh, I got a coworker. Uh, he hates Tom Brady's guts, and I was like, <laughs> you can you you can kiss my butt, dude. Uh, I don't care. It, it's the same. And what's crazy? is he's a LeBron James fan. And I was like, that is the exact same thing. It's ass backwards. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So I was like, yeah, don't, the, give uh, me, don't give me that crap. <laughs> yeah, I was a big, like, I hated LeBron for the longest time. And then he's just, I don't know, at one point I, I realized, like, of how good he is. And it was like, it, you just, you know, speechless of just how much of a freaky, like, he's so, like, not only tall, but, like, just built. So... And just to be that athletic, but and not yeah, only, like, I mean, and he's definitely a commander when it comes to the course. You know, you know the the big joke when whatever team he's at is like he's actually the coach. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's actually the one doing things. But of uh, and that's the same it, thing with Brady. Like he, 
like like uh you know they won the Super Bowl and then last year um or after the season Bruce Arians was like oh I'm retiring and it's like everyone was like oh are you retiring or is Tom Brady fucking you know firing you basically mm-hmm. um you know he's been he's just he's been around for 20 fucking years and how many Super Bowls does he have like it's just it he, he his his resume speaks for itself so if he has a voice or he wants something then any team besides the Patriots, obviously was just, you know, here you go, dude. Like here's the fucking reins. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like he, he, he did kind of that same, like just go back to basketball just for a second. He did do kind of like the LeBron thing, you know, he called his boy Gronk up and like, of uh, some, some more very talented receivers like, uh, uh, Brown, uh, got down there with him and it was like, yeah, okay. Okay. And then, uh, a comment, by the same cat was like, dude, he's like 45. Like if he gets hit this season, he's going to fold in half and that's going to be it. And I was like, do you not think that that offensive line is not going to protect him? Yeah. And by the way, probably one of the most talented offensive lines in the league. Yeah. Well, they might have trouble now. So another guy just got hurt. Oh Um, gosh. (laughs) Another lineman just got hurt. And I think their, uh, their center retired. So, Oh, it's a lot of people are. I mean, this is the talk every fucking time when someone on his line gets hurt and they're like, "Are they going to be able to protect Brady? He doesn't like being hit." So yeah, what yeah. quarterback does like getting hit? Like what? Yeah, yeah. They just try to so, make all these stupid fucking points. Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch. Sit on my couch for maybe eighteen hours this weekend watching college football and then watching NFL on Sunday. There's nothing like it. Absolutely, dude. It is the best time of the year. Like, uh, I don't, I can't watch baseball on the television. If we go to a Braves game, I'm good. It's great. It's awesome. Or even if we went and caught the Red Sox, I don't care what team. I have to be there in person. I can't just watch it on TV. Yeah. It's, it just, like, I don't even care. It's, it's at the point now, it's like World Series. And I mean, it could be like the Dodgers or the Braves. I mean, I love those two teams, but, uh, I'm just going to catch the highlights. Yeah. I think, just playoff baseball, I might watch. Like, obviously, the Red Sox aren't going to fucking make it this year, so I probably won't watch it. Um, but playoff baseball, I can watch. Regular season, forget about it. All star game, I'll watch just because it's the fucking all star game. Home run derby, of course. Um, but it's so, it's just different. It's just, I think that he, like us, like an Americans, like we have that TikTok mentality where it's like, oh my 30 God, second, 30 seconds, like, you know, quick. So. And baseballs, <laughs> they don't throw a pitch every 30 seconds. So, the no, they don't. Expect? Yeah, they don't. And, like, dude, you hit the nail on the head. And, uh, I mean, we, we've, we've talked about this podcast going by, but uh, America's pastime sport, you're going to have to do a whole lot better than that because, like you said, this is a very TikTok. And then you look at all the other social media. Well, Instagram and Facebook, they have reels of – YouTube does shorts now because people don't watch an hour long video no more. Like hopefully you'll watch this one. But like, if I look at the view counter of like some of the things I've done, it's like there's more views on shorter videos, but like, I'm not going to give up long form content, you know? Yeah. uh, I think, I think everyone is just kind of like that. Now we just have a short attention span and just short, quick things. That's why football is going to be King forever. Yep. Basketball. Maybe. Um, hockey's still like dynamic. Um, but the, I'm falling, I rain. fall more and more in love with hockey the older I get. The more, <laughs> I, the more, the more I can watch it. Like, I want to go watch a Predators game this season. Well, I'll tell you what, when I'm, I think next year when I move back home, next winter, so 2023, winter of 2023, you'll get, you got to come up to a, a Bruins game. Is it the atmosphere and Let's the hockey go. games are so fucking unbelievable? It's just so different. And like it's just that's another thing. Like playoff hockey, it's a whole different, a whole another dynamic. So, so I, much I went fun. To, uh, I went to a college hockey game. It's the first and the only hockey game I've ever been to. And like I'm sure pro hockey is not this way. You could either follow the puck, or there was some poor son of a bitch over there getting his ass whooped. <laughs> like on the like there, there's no play over there. He's just getting his ass whooped. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah, that, uh, if you go to a Predators game, it should be very fun because, you know, fucking Broadway's right there. They have a very good, very good crowd. Just, you know, rambunctious. They'll come out with a catfish and throw the fucking catfish onto the ice. Like, it's just rambunctious and rowdy as hell. Well, dude, I th- 
it is good to get you back on the show. Anything else to add or subtract before we sign off here? Um, I think we kind of grazed over NFL, but I'm just going to spit out my my. Uh, I'm not going to do a Super Bowl. It's way too early. It's not even fucking. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I'm not going to do that to myself. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I want to go to a pro game. That was my only point about it. I want to see Tom Brady, and I'd like, yeah, to see him. I'd, I'd like to see him play the Saints. But yeah. it doesn't, I don't care what team. Yep. I just want to see yeah. him play. I agree. I'm down to go to a game because I think, I think this is his last year. I think. But so, everyone does it every year, so, you know, we don't fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, and so, like, uh, a friend of mine brought up a great point. I'll say this, like, in close, but, like, so have you seen his contract for this season? Uh, Brady's yeah so it's really strange so it's like uh, millions of dollars just for the season but if the Buccaneers make the playoffs there's a bonus if they get to the Super Bowl bigger bonus and I was like just if he makes that playoff and he doesn't get that Super Bowl I think the incentive is there come on try it one more time yeah you know Maybe not though, and I know that's not that's not unusual for a skilled player like Brady to be having that kind of contract. But like that old in life, and you you know he's he's doing it just like the love of the game. Yeah, apparently he's arguing with Giselle, and they're living in different houses because apparently she's fed up with the fucking football. And I don't know. Well, he just go get him another supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> Do it the Leonardo DiCaprio way, as like. Lady, once you hit 26, I'm dumping you, and I'm going to go get me another 22-year-old. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> it's so What a world. What a world we live in. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. Well, dude, uh, if you don't have anything else, I think we've covered everything. Uh, yes, sir. Dude, dude, thank you so much. It's always good to hang with you, brother. Uh, take care. I hope Absolutely. We'll be uh, hanging in person uh, very soon. Uh, until then, uh, we'll see you, bub. Yes, sir. See you later. Thanks. One, two,
Bardzo proszę.